0: Alright right, yeah. before I start the show, I just wanted to let y'all know I've had some technical difficulties when recording. I didn't realize until after the interview was recorded that the person that I interviewed, their sound was pretty low. I did my best to make it work, so there may be some inconsistencies, but I still made it work the best way that I could. Let's start the show. Fireflies Unite with Kia your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Hey, Fireflies, I pray that everyone is doing well and that you guys are really getting some great information from the podcast and applying it. That's the most important thing. What good is knowledge if we don't apply it. And so today, I have a special surprise for you all. If you grew up, so in the 90s, so you're probably in your mid to late 20s to early 30s, and you would know this guest because you would have listened to these shows. I mean, watch these shows. So I actually want to introduce our guest. Some of us grew up watching Kenan and Kel on Nickelodeon, as well as Gullah Gullah Island, I was super, super excited to get a special guest who actually appeared on both of those shows. I have the pleasure of speaking with Vanessa Batten, and she's also known as Vanessa Batten Kelly. She's actually a writer and executive producer, and she began her career in entertainment at only eight years old and starring on the Emmy-nominated show Gullah Gullah Island as the self-entitled role of Vanessa. She also starred in Cable Ace Award winning and NAACP nominated Keenan and Kel, and she played uh, Keenan's little sister. In addition, she was a supporting act actress in John Singleton's 1997 film, Rosewood, playing the role of real life Rosewood survivor, Lee Ruth. I am super, super excited y'all because I was, like I said, a huge fan of watching those shows. And Vanessa is actually currently playing on a show entitled Giants. So let me tell y'all about the show Giants. All right, y'all. Empire star Jesse Smollett, he serves as the executive producer of Giants. It's a coming-of-adulthood drama series series. Streaming on Issa Rae from Insecure and Awkward Black Girl is streaming on Issa Rae's YouTube channel. The show is created by actor, writer, director James Bland. The series follows three black millennials Malachi journey in a day, each battling their own inner giant as they approach the age 30. So the series has done extremely well. The first season has accumulated over 800,000 views across its six-episode arc on YouTube discussing how Christians and the Black community often trivialize mental illness has scored 3.2 million views on Facebook, y'all. I told y'all this is about to be a bomb episode. The viewership has shown that there's an audience seeking diverse content that speaks to their experience and give voice to stigmatized issues often battled in silence. So without further ado, y'all, I want to welcome Miss Vanessa. So thank you so much for joining me, Vanessa. I appreciate you for taking time out of your super busy day to join me on the podcast. I grew up watching you on my favorite shows, you know, Ken and Kel, especially Gullah Gullah Island, and so many of my listeners, So I'm super excited and super, super grateful that you took time to join me on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. So I really wanted to dive into this conversation about mental health, especially because your character that you portray, Journey on Giants. So getting into mental health, was mental health something that was talked about uh, growing up amongst your family and friends?
1: Um, not really. Uh, my family is, I'm first generation American, so my family's not really, um, or or at the time was not really, um, open to the idea of anybody struggling outside of anything that they couldn't, like, get their teeth and bear through or, or just work hard through. Um, there were, there were people who suffered from mental illness throughout my family, but like many of us, um, that was just your crazy cousin or your crazy auntie or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. or if somebody demonstrated the symptoms of a mental illness. It was just they were going through a hard time. or You know how such and such he is. I probably started noticing weirder things about myself in middle school, but it really all came to fruition in high school. And I started having like suicidal thoughts, and it was getting pretty bad. And I, I remember telling my – I grew up with my grandparents and telling my grandparents about it. And my grandfather who was American, uh, he totally understood it. And he was like, well, we need to take her to see a therapist. And my grandma was just not having it. It wasn't really. Wasn't that I was being emotionally manipulative, all kinds of other stuff. So um, it was kind of tumultuous at the time, and I, I went to college early. I left to college when I was um, almost seventeen. So I kind of had to sort out mental illness and growing up and figuring out who I was, and all, all by myself. So um, at a certain point, it kind of came to, it kind of came crashing down, and I started seeing a therapist at the, the college I attended at Florida State University, and that's kind of what started changing it for me. There were names given to what I was going through. There were, uh, there were medications for it. There were exercises for it. There were things that I could do. There were ways that I could advocate for myself um, with others. And when that started changing for me, I started seeing the conversation change and getting my family. Maybe not necessarily accepting it, but accepting that I believe that. So Mm -hmm. not really wanting to start fighting. And I would struggle through it until right after college when I had uh, some of my other family members who had also been experiencing some things uh, started going through it as well. And it was kind of like a simultaneous realization that maybe this was real. I had a really bad breakdown in 2008, and that's when my family was just like, okay, maybe she needs to be a therapist. Maybe this needs to happen, and I feel like that really dark time changed the conversation in my family. Now, my family is totally supportive of me and whatever mental illness I have. They have helped me through it. They really support me going to see a therapist. There are other people in my family that are in therapy right now. My grandmother suffers from anxiety, the same grandma who didn't believe that this was real. She sees her therapist every week. We talk about our therapy sessions and how it goes. She um, has been on medication for anxiety and she's like everyone needs to be a therapist everyone needs to do this completely needs a different person um in all ways and how it was you know maybe 15 20 years ago but I'm grateful for it, it was it was a journey but we got there
0: yes it, it's i it's I'm laughing that you said that because I remember it was something on Twitter and I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, like the meme where Oprah's like, you get a car, you get a car. So I like posted something yeah. on Twitter and I was like, you get a therapist, you get a therapist, everybody gets right. a therapist because it's so important. And I'm so glad that you opened up and share that because. I battled with depression and suicide, um, suicidal thoughts, as well as anxiety. And I'm a two-time suicide survivor. So I attempted suicide at 14 and again at 25. And I had this long, I guess, this stigma about, about mental health because I was like, no, I'm highly educated, you know, I have all these great things going on about myself. I have a master's degree. I have my own place. Like you think because you, you have all of these things or all of these of uh, the success or the accolades that nothing is really wrong with you. And it wasn't until my breakdown to I was forced into the hospital that I realized that none of those things can uh they don't define you or they don't um not allow you to have a mental illness. And so I always say that it can affect everyday people, especially people of color, um, we're told to like, oh, we we don't really talk about it. We just kind of sweep it under the rug. How did you learn to, I I guess you kind of answered that, but learn to manage your mental health while you are coming up um, in Hollywood because there's so much that you're exposed to, especially you were a kid in Hollywood and we see the stories that typically happen. Were, Were there any coping strategies that you put into place or What was that time like for you when you were just so small coming up in television?
1: So what I can honestly say is that when I was coming up in television, it was a very, very different climate than what it is today. So I don't really have the same horror story as everybody else. What I will say is that, just backtracking a bit to what you were talking about, people are not taught how to live a successful life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that our our parents... Parents don't want us to know that you can't teach what you don't know. Like we've all been struggling to get the generation to where it is now, where college isn't understanding. Like. It's, it's available. It's accessible. It's not as easily payable as it should be, but that there are options. There are avenues we've had now an entire generation who has known college as a norm so that we can go back and reach back and bring people back up the elevator. People have been struggling for, you know, a hundred years now to get us to this point, And there was never really time for our parents' generation or our grandparent's generation or any generations before that to learn to live. It was always, a, it was always survival. So there's been generations and generations of mental illness but you didn't have time to have a breakdown. You didn't mm-hmm. have time to really deal. You just had to figure out how to survive. And so um, for us, it's been indoctrinated like get your education, get money, get your own place, get your everything you mentioned. Like I, I, I recognize that I was right there with you. Um, but we were never taught how to thrive in those situations. We were never taught how to self-care. We were never taught how to properly discern who are good people for us and who isn't. You just look out for your community. You look out for your own. That's all you know. Um, because of survival techniques, black people have learned traditionally to not trust other people. Even us, we're like, you know, you don't trust people. You don't tell anybody about your successes. You move in silence because, like, people might come and try to take what's yours, is. In the complete instance of having a mental health issue, you need community. You need to have people that, that you can self-care with and you can talk to help you manage some of your triggers. And so what I had to learn, and I'm still learning in many ways, is how to live successfully, not just attain success. So, if, you know, like, this is silly, but you remember when, like, all those uh, memes, like, you sleep, I sleep when I die memes? you remember
0: that? Uh, uh-huh,
1: yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like there was like a time period when everybody was like, bosses don't sleep. We burn them. Like all this other stuff. I need sleep. Like, mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> I used Me to. Me too. In that, but sleep deteriorates your mental health. Sleep deteriorates your quality of life. You can't even make. There are certain neurons that they need um, a minimum of seven hours of sleep to, in order to be able to restore themselves and to be able to get back like your most functional working position. So if I'm going to live a successful life as a human, I need sleep. This idea of no sleep is like some capitalistic shit that we've been taught that we got to get rid of.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's learning things like that, right? Thing, I have a really good friend. Her name is um, Sheila Marie. Um, a lot of people know her as a good girlfriend, but she has this, this nonprofit called uh, Curly Curly Catches. And it's all about self-care. And and and, and we talk, and she talks about that, about the need for meditation, the need for workout routine. Um, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, that your all- always in a good space, and that's the thing that I had to learn, and I don't think our parents could instill, because they didn't have that luxury, and now we do, and it's kind of just our generation's fight, I guess, is to now instill that in our own children. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad you said that. I, we, I talked about that briefly on a previous podcast episode, and I was talking to Dr. Taylor, and she works with Black entrepreneurs, and she's a therapist, and I said, you know how we were just talking about sleep when you, hashtag sleep when you're dead. Um, I'm like, hashtag y'all gonna put yourself six week under earlier than y'all should because y'all not trying to, you know, it's like, oh, I'm grinding. And I used to be caught up in that mindset. And then I'm like, that's so stupid. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't you sleep? And I'm like no cuz I never want to be in that mental space where I was in from not wanting to exist to attempting to suicide to now I'm so hopeful and optimistic about life and my future because I've taken the time to work on my mental health, so I'm so glad you said that. And I recently uh, published, I got um, published an article on The Mighty where they talk about all things physical health, mental health. They talked about all type of uh, mental illnesses, any type of health conditions you could think of. And so my article that I wrote was three shows normalizing mental health and doing it well. And I included she's got to have it. As the character Nola Darling, you know, she's attending therapy regularly for her assault. And this is us. And we see the character Randall, who suffers from generalized anxiety disorder. And then, of course, I highlighted giants because the inner giants, you know, that the three characters are facing. And so I wanted to really bring you on the podcast to talk about your character journey as she battles bipolar disorder, which is also known as manic depression. And we've had a few guests on the podcast who, actually battle with this illness and for those who may not know what it is depression manic depression or bipolar disorder uh, ranges when a person has lows and highs so manic uh, their highs are their manic episodes and they have a lot of energy uh, a reduced need to sleep a loss of touch with reality and then their depressive episodes very low energy and I remember watching an episode where your character journey she just could not get out of bed and then there was another scene when she was talking to her sister and her you know you're going back and forth and you're arguing you like I just cannot I can't snap out of it like it doesn't work like that And she's like well I don't feel like getting out of bed to take care of my my kid but I do it you know I didn't feel like taking care of you But I did it and I was like, oh my God, this is a perfect image, a perfect reflection of how people view mental illness. And I wanted to know what drew you to the character? Well, um, James. It,
1: the, James Land, the creator of giants is one of my best friends and um has been one of my best friends for you know over a decade and uh we, we came up in the same town but we went to neighboring colleges as well so we knew of each other in high school but didn't really become friends till college um and so he's had to walk me through a lot of depressive episodes and he's had to walk me through a lot of really dark seasons and dark times i say this every time i talk about him and um anytime that i've had or experienced like really bad times with him he's always handled me and handled it brilliantly um, and he didn't know how. He was just loving me. He wrote Journey for me, so it wasn't like I didn't have to be drawn. He just pulled from stuff and would ask me a billion mm. questions and what did this feel like and what did that feel like and can you make me understand this a little bit more So I was able to really pour into the character from my own experiences and from experiences of people around me. But fun thing about Journey, and it's something that we always understood was going to happen, but we maybe didn't realize it was going to happen quite as largely as it did, was that we were never going to shy away from the darker thoughts that I had had or the harder times that I had because we thought people needed to see those things for people that didn't understand it as well as for people who didn't understand it and had just never seen themselves on screen. And so it's been really, really difficult because that conversation that she had with Candace, um, you know, portraying it for people who don't understand mental health, you hear a lot of times like, oh man, journey too much. Malachi needs to cut her loose. She just needs to get up. She's being, all those things that Candace said be in the comments. And like Mm -hmm. sometimes want to like go in and be like no, you're missing it. But it's actually when you just sit back and watch the comments, you get to see people debate it. So you see other people jump in and say, no, 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 this is what depression looks like. Well, I have a friend who blah, 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 get your friend some help, not call your friend lazy. And so it's been interesting to watch the community kind of rally behind mental health and educate others about us having to say a thing. And that was kind of always the hope. That was kind of why I didn't really mind putting my, like, kind of putting my shit out
0: there. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad because what it shows you is that a person person battling with the mental illness is not just limited to the man or the woman walking down the street talking to themselves. And I say that all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it until I'm purple in the face, because it's also high functioning people like Myself, I'm like, I have a bachelor's degree from Howard and a master's degree from Georgetown. I'm like, but yeah, that was my story. And so when you see images like that, it's important for people to look at it and say, wow, you know, this person can be highly successful and still have bipolar disorder or still battle with schizophrenia or any type of mental illness. And we are starting to see more images in Hollywood of Blacks going to therapy and Blacks experiencing Experiencing mental illness. Um, why do you think it's important for Black Hollywood and just the entertainment industry as a whole to show images of Blacks who are battling mental health challenges or mental illness? I
1: think especially more in, in, in the time like this where everybody's deciding what they're wearing based on what they see their favorite person wearing on Instagram. I think this is a time more than ever where majority, and I'm not saying that it's good or bad, I'm just saying this is a new way that we're consuming media and consuming information. The majority of our generation and the generation under us are influenced by influencers. Like it's not the influencers of media are really creating the culture in a a completely different way than has happened prior to 2005 and Facebook change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there really is a whole different responsibility on people who are influencers, A, to speak their truth, and B, to illuminate things that have otherwise been, like you said earlier, swept under the rug in our culture. So when, you know, I, I, this is a really terrible analogy, but nobody was wearing those little two-piece, like the pencil skirts and the halter tops or the pencil skirts and in the, in the, uh, drift showing top and like mm-hmm. and I can't stand Kim Cartney, I can't but she literally made this a brand new style. so it's like people that were just and now it's like a scene. It's like a part of what we do. Um and, and when you think about stuff as small as that, a lot of that has to do with Instagram. A lot of that has to do with women pictures on Instagram, people attacking them for being hoes or this, that and the third and people being like, No, she's just confident. And now we've changed the we have changed how culture talks about that. Doesn't necessarily mean we've changed minds, but we've changed what's acceptable. Um, and all, again, all of that coming from social media and from this new, like, instantaneous ability to obtain information. So, we have to tackle mental illness in Hollywood. Because if we don't, we're losing out on the opportunity to A, destigmatize something that half of freaking Hollywood deals with the bead that is now in our court like it is now in our job description to say the things that are important or to support marginalized groups or even non-profits non-profits or campaigns of philanthropy that are, are worth it because this is how people are are obtaining their information so it's a new responsibility that people in hollywood have people can it's to argue that they've always had it but i don't think they've always had it the way that they have it now and it's kind of now going to be part of the job description and i think everybody just has to embrace it the, the more that they push against it they're going to see that push ripple into society and you're just going to prove the point more
0: yes and without giving too much away what can we look forward to in the upcoming season of giant journey is
1: going to therapy this season so we decided to take her there we decided to allow people to see what therapy looks like how it's not always easy how sometimes you don't want to talk sometimes you do Sometimes it all spills out. Sometimes it doesn't. What a therapist says and what they don't. We also take medication this season to kind of, like, destigmatize that. An interesting thing, we were at a screening recently, and a young lady came up to me and told me that um, her family's been telling her that she needs to go to therapy. She's high-functioning, and she's like, she just doesn't see point in going. She's Yeah, she's going through all this stuff, but she's still able to function. She's still able to do all this. So what's the point? I don't trust people what can a therapist tell me? And um, we sat and talked for a while, but I think being therapy in this way kind of shows people who have never, maybe the only uh, experience, it kind of gives you an, a glimpse about what it can look like. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will encourage more people to want to go because they get an opportunity to see, oh, it's not a shrink. You lay on a on a couch and somebody tells you what to do. And working out your own stuff and them just leading you to your truth.
0: Exactly, exactly. I always, I'm like, I've been in therapy for two and a half years and it literally just start clicking for me a couple months ago and I said you know what I was like I'm so proud of the woman and the person that I've become because I've worked so damn hard to become her and it's not easy to it's really not easy to work on yourself because we get so stuck in our ways like this is who I am and I'm not changing for nobody and we have you know, just get very complacent and stubborn. But through therapy, it's like I was just able to work through so much. Um, It's opened my mind to certain patterns and how I look at the world and how I view myself and to put put certain coping strategies into place. And it has been the best decision that I could have made. So thank you so much. And you can certainly see Vanessa and as she played her character Journey in Giants. It premieres on Wednesday, February 21st on Issa Rae's YouTube channel. And I will be sure to share Giants on social media as well as the website because I've been (laughs) writing articles about about the show because I'm so excited to see the work that you're doing. So thank you so much again for taking time out of your day and just providing insight on mental health within communities of color.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, y'all for this week's therapist shout out is actually goes to a center. It's the new vision counseling center and they are based in Douglasville, Georgia and Samarna, Georgia. I hope I'm saying that right. And they offer services that we actually haven't talked about on the podcast so far. So one of the services they offer is EMDR, and that stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Processing. So it's different than traditional talk therapy. When any type of events happen in your life, it is stored in the brain with all the sights, sounds, thoughts, and feelings that accompany it. So when a person is actually very upset, the brain seems to be unable to process the experience as it normally would. So therefore, the negative thoughts and feelings of the traumatic event are trapped in the brain. And since the brain can't really process those emotions, the experience and or its accompanying feelings are often suppressed from from the consciousness. So the technique does two very important things. First, it unlocks the negative memories and emotions stored in the nervous system. And second, it helps the brain to successfully process the experience. So it has been helpful in treating abuse of all forms, rape, PTSD, so social anxiety such as generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety, Um, panic disorder, chronic pain, fears, phobias, eating disorder, childhood traumas, low self-esteem, angers, nightmare, grief, grief and loss, relationship problems, natural disasters, stress and worry, you name it. This technique has been successful and it's another form of therapy. And so the new Vision Counseling Center actually offers this. Another service that they actually offer is dialector dialectal behavior therapy. And it's actually a treatment that's based, it's combined with cognitive and behavioral therapies, as well as Eastern mindfulness techniques. So it's used DPT for short, which again is dialectal behavior therapy. And it focuses on the client thriving in a non-judgmental environment. And so it's mindfulness, self-awareness, to personal uh, effectiveness. So, understanding how to get along with others and getting along with getting along with yourself, emotional regulation. So managing your shifts and your moves and moods and decreasing feelings that one is being controlled by their emotions. And that's also another form of therapy. So anyone can benefit from this, not just those diagnosed with a mental disorder. It has been shown to be effective in helping those suffering from various types of emotional distress. And they offer that as well. And it can also be used with cognitive behavior therapy, which is also known as talk therapy. And so and the last type of service that they offer is Reiki. So I'm not sure if anyone who may be into a holistic way of living, they may have experienced or use Reiki. And so it's actually a Japanese tradition, I believe. And it's a healing technique that's based on the principle that the therapist who's doing the Reiki, can channel energy into the patient by means of touch to activate the natural healing processes of the patient's body and restore physical and emotional well-being. Um, I experienced, I actually tried Reiki one time, and I can't really say if it was successful or not. It was shortly after my suicide attempt and there was a lady who had a practice. She was also a therapist as well, but she also had a, a Reiki practice in the lower level of her home. It was safe. It was very nice how she had it set up, but it was in the process where someone, I believe, was coming to give her a new, what was she getting? Um, they were giving her a new uh, washing machine, so she ordered a new washing machine. So it was in that process, and it was like, it was a lot of disturbances happening with them. With her waiting for them to come, and so the the timing was just off. So if I would have been able to experience it without any interruptions, I may would I could be able to tell if I actually experienced uh, something or benefited something from it. So I'm actually open to trying Reiki again, and so that's also a service that the New Vision Counseling Center offers. So if anyone who may have been rich, interested in that, and if you're in that. The Georgia area, the Douglasville, Georgia area, and Smyrna, Georgia. I hope I say I'm hope I'm saying that right. I'll be sure to leave their information in the show notes so you can um, check them out if you're interested in any of those type of services. As per usual, don't forget to send your therapist shout outs and your journal entries to podcast at firefliesunite.com. We do not have any journal entries this week which is cool. Um, It keeps the episodes pretty short, but I'm always here for anyone who needs any insight. A lot of people have been reaching out to me um, to speak with their siblings or their cousins um, or relative friends that have been experiencing some type of mental illness. And I'm always open to do so, but I cannot treat or counsel anyone because I am not a therapist and I will not get in trouble Anytime someone asks, asks me for advice, I will always revert them back to therapy, seeing some type of a mental health professional, because I see the benefits when you have a great therapist, when you have a great psychiatrist, when you have a great support system, how that can help you. And so, again, I'm always willing to talk to um, to talk to anyone. So for this week's Mind, Body, and Soulness segment, I want to talk about spreading yourself too thin, putting too much on your plate. I used to be a product of doing that. I couldn't say no. I was always saying yes to everything. I was always tired and extremely overwhelmed. And so some things that may happen when you put too much on your plate is that you feel overwhelmed you can't sleep, you find it difficult to balance various aspects of your life. Stress is now like overtaking you and it's quality over quantity is no longer your motto. And so that's something I really want to talk about because a lot of us have a lot going on, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student Just as human beings, we have to juggle relationships. We have to juggle our career. We have to juggle our health. We have to juggle our finances, relationships. And sometimes it tends to be too much. After being in therapy, I started to pay more attention when I began to feel overwhelmed. Before, I kind of felt it coming on when I knew I was getting overwhelmed, but I would ignore it. And I ignored it so much to the point that... I didn't even realize I was putting too much on my plate and I was always stressed out and I felt like I was literally losing my mind. And so here are four ways to help you handle when you have a heavy workload, when you have a lot to juggle. Prioritize your task. Everything on your to-do list does not carry the same amount of weight. So what does that mean? Make a list for things. You may have everything that you need to do for the week, but break it down into things that you need to do per day. And everything is not urgent. Some things have to be done that that particular day because it's urgent. And other things can roll over to the next day. Learn to delegate. It's hard to let go of certain responsibilities, especially if you're like me, you're in the infancy stages of growing your business and you're an entrepreneur. You want to do everything on your own because you're like, this is my baby. I don't want anyone to mess it up. So but if you don't delegate certain tasks, then you're going to find that you're always overwhelmed and it will also help free up some of your time and you won't feel like you're losing your mind and then learn to manage your time. There's only so many hours in a day, so you have to learn how to use them wisely Take a look at how you're spending your workday to better optimize your time. So for example, maybe declining media invitations you don't truly need to be at or only checking your emails during certain times of the day or setting yourself up on a schedule so that you can better manage your time. And the last one, y'all, it's okay to say no. You can't say yes to everything because that is something that I had to learn. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to say no because X, Y, and Z. Sometimes we feel the need to explain uh, that we're not being mean. Like we want to justify why we're saying no. You don't No doesn't need an explanation. It's no period. It's a complete sentence. And that's something that I had to learn and I still continue to learn. But I say no, that I can't do it. Not because I'm trying to be mean, not because I don't want to be uh, helpful to someone. But if I'm constantly saying yes, that means that I'm neglecting myself And no is a part of self-care. If you need to operate at your best self, you need to say no so you can get sleep. You need to say no so you can work out. You need to say no so you can focus on other important tasks. And so those are some tips that I wanted to share with you all for the mind, body, and soulness segment. And I really hope that you all got something from it and that you take the moment to implement these, these things or the suggestions to help you. When you feel like you have too much on your plate. And before we wrap up, I want to, I have a few announcements I want to share with you all. If there is anyone based in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, I will be participating in the This Is My Brave show. It is on March 18th and it is in Arlington, Virginia. I am very very excited. The tickets are twenty, uh, are fifteen dollars for students and twenty dollars for non-students. And I would love to see as many people in the audience as possible. If you cannot attend because you're outside of the area, please feel free to donate to this amazing cause. I have my own page set up, um, and my goal is to raise five hundred dollars. For to help with the show. It helps with the costs, uh, production costs, cast refreshments, and all of the costs associated with putting a big production together. Some people have bought tickets already. Some people have donated already. I really appreciate it. The tickets goes very, very fast. And I'm so serious. I'm not even saying that because I want you all to hurry up and get the tickets. I'm saying that because This Is My Brave has had previous shows and their last few shows just actually sold out. There was one in Orlando, uh, Florida that sold out. And so I'm like encouraging my friends and my family members to get their tickets and any of you who may be interested in attending or meeting me in person to actually check out the show and get your tickets as soon as possible so you will not have to worry about not having a ticket. And so I definitely appreciate all of the support and anyone who has contributed to this venture um, and my participation. in this is my brave. They are a organization that is committed to erasing the stigma associated with mental illness. The founder, she actually has bipolar disorder, and through the blog, their YouTube channels, and through their uh, live shows, that's how they uh, erase the stigma about mental illness. So they give people uh, um, the chance to share their stories, just like I do on the podcast. And so I'm so excited to be a part of this amazing opportunity. Okay, y'all. So that wraps up another episode for the Fireflies Unite podcast. I'm having so much fun with you all, and I'm receiving so many positive messages. I really appreciate it, y'all. Y'all just don't know how grateful I am to just have you all supporting me. It's been eight weeks, I think, for the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, trust me, y'all, it's it's really not easy getting up here talking and being open and vulnerable, but I'm grateful for the vision that God has given me and I have some amazing things coming up and I cannot wait to share with you all. As always, I am sending positive energy. You guys have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Bye. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.